0: Now Padma reached the abode of the Vidyadhara, who frequents heaven. In the cemetery of sleep, in the mysterious paths of beatitude, he came to the place of the Darkani Surya Chandra city, the attainment of sun and moon, the highest, of the Darkanis. Padma desired to go before her as she was also the great Darkani, Queen of Deeds. Finding the door to the castle of the skull closed, he could not attain liberation. These are the opening stanzas of Canto 34 of the Padma Kaitang, the life and liberation of Padma Sambhava. The story of Padmasambhava exists on so many levels, exists in so many dimensions. When it comes to the conversion of Tibet we do enter a kind of history. We have the specifics of space and time. We have the specifics of geography. Although, of course, that whole account of the conversion of Tibet includes elements which we would call mythological. But there's definitely historical Uh, things going on in that part of of Padmasambhava's life. The Indian part of the testament of the life and liberation of Padmasambhava is much more symbolic much more we would say mythical and by that when I say symbolic and mythical I don't mean fanciful or fantasy it's describing other kinds of truth, other ways of communicating truth the stanzas I've read just now are the beginning of the account of Padmasamava's initiation by a darkening, a wisdom darkening, the highest darkening of all, the attainment of sun and moon, Surya Chandrasiddhi. She is the embodiment of the union of sun and moon. She is the embodiment of the highest wisdom of enlightenment, the highest reality. And we're going to do what we can to follow Padmasambhava on his training. By looking at this initiation, we're going to try to follow him into the initiation of the darkening, of the darkening's initiation of him. We're going to learn through this something about the nature of initiation and the Dharma life itself. Initiation is crucial in Tantric Buddhism. You have incredibly elaborate ceremonies sometimes of initiation to give people permission and to empower them to take up particular practices. One wonders sometimes even if the spirit of initiation, the original spirit of initiation might have been lost in some circles. The Sanskrit, which we translate as, as initiation, is abhisheka, which means literally a sprinkling, an anointing. It's used originally, we think, in old Indian royal rituals, where the king anoints, performs the abhisheka of his eldest son as the crown prince, as the Rajkumar. He anoints him as the next king while he's still alive. So there's a proper Passing on of the royal line. Uh, in the Buddhist tradition, you as a bodhisattva are anointed to take up particular tantric practices. Strictly speaking, Abhisheka only really happens when you're in, on a high bodhisattva level. Bhante, when he was talking to his friends, his Tibetan friends in India, he asked them what initiation meant. And they said, you're made like a king. You're made like a king because you're consecrated to meditate on a particular Buddha or Bodhisattva. That is making you like a king. Interestingly enough, we even find in the old Pali texts an account where an old man who goes to see the Buddha just has a communication with him, talking about, actually, old age. And he leaves the Buddha and says, I feel I've been anointed with the deathless. I've been anointed with the amrita, the deathless nectar. So the Buddha's communication is an anointing. And I think that gives us a tremendous clue to what initiation might really be. It describes, really, a profound communication. Initiation also happens in vision, in dreams, in profound meditation, in encounters with Buddhas and Bodhisattvas. The text that we have from the Life and Liberation of Padmasambhava, the account of Padmasambhava's initiation by the Darkani, is written in highly symbolic language. There is a flavour of what's called Sandhyabhasa, the twilight language. Uh, which a lot of Indian Tantric literature is written in, a language which seems to have different meanings. It seems to fall between different realms, if you like, uh, like twilight, where in twilight nothing uh, is what it seems. It's suggestive of something else. So in the same way, the sandhyabhasa the twilight language, is indicating all sorts of other dimensions in its words. You often get, in reading these kinds of texts, an outer interpretation, an inner interpretation, a secret interpretation and a most secret interpretation. The inner interpretations are only for those with direct tasting, so inevitably our exploration is going to be an outer exploration. Symbolic language is very important because it refuses to conform to one particular conceptual interpretation. Therefore it preserves the mystery of direct tasting. So, in the cemetery of sleep, in the mysterious paths of beatitude, so the cemetery, the cremation ground, the cremation ground of sleep. What does the cremation ground of sleep mean? Does it mean this is happening in a dream? Or is sleep here the symbol of ignorance, that in the ignorance of the world, this is, a vision opens up? Or is it that in sleep, there is a tremendous opening up? We know that dream is such an important part of our lives and it's an important part of our Dharma life. We can have tremendous visionary experiences, even profound meditations in dream. Other translations say that this cemetery is not called the cemetery of sleep, but the sandalwood garden. There's a sandalwood garden existing in a cemetery. It could be that the realm of the, the realm of death, wheel of life, it looks pleasant but really it's a cemetery sometimes the cemetery is called the cemetery of secret play so we're in the realm of secret play so we need to take our pick as it were on the meanings where are we where have we gone we're on the mysterious paths of beatitude the mysterious pathways of blessings a world of profound interiority, and we are prepared to take these pathways. This is the place of the darkening Surya Chandra city, the attainment of sun and moon, the attainment of the union of solar and lunar energies, the attainment of the union of bliss, emptiness, emptiness, skillful means, wisdom and compassion, Masculine and feminine in the highest sense, and therefore she is the highest of darkanies, the wisdom darkenies she 's not a worldly darkening; she is the embodiment of the highest city, the union of bliss emptiness, the union of emptiness and compassionate skillful means that 's the highest city, Buddhahood itself. Padma desired to go before her as she was also the great darkany Queen of Deeds. He, decide, he desired to go before her. He really wanted to see her, to worship her, to entreat her, to learn from her. She's the Queen of Deeds, the action darkany the darkany of enlightened action, of total egoless action, of spontaneous, compassionate activity finding the door to the castle of the skull closed, he could not attain liberation. So the castle of the skull, where the darkening resides, is closed. The door is firmly closed, shut. So he cannot go before her. He's not allowed to enter. He cannot attain liberation through the union of solar and lunar energies the mysterious pathways of beatitude lead to a closed door the darkening the, the teacher is not just available to us when we feel like her being available to us you have to prove yourself you have to demonstrate your desire your readiness you have to find a way through the locked door. And the castle of the skull? Where is the castle of the skull? It could be what's being referred to here as the highest chakra. You get this yogic symbolism in Tantric Buddhism, the body as the locus for spiritual practice. It's an entirely different vision of the body, unlike any we know. Tantric Buddhism is concerned with the total transformation of the entire psycho spiritual physical uh, existence that we are embodied in. So maybe it's referring the castle of the skull to the thousand petaled lotus chakra which is at the crown of our head. That door is closed to us. So if you're enjoying, appreciating, benefiting from this series of short talks by Padma Vadra on the life and liberation of Padma Sambhava, him channeling these lightning flashes from the blue beyond, then please do consider making a donation to Padmaloka. We're still in uh, uncertain financial times. This year we lost our main source of income, uh, our retreat income, and even though people are starting to return to Padmaloka now, uh, our costs have considerably gone up. Uh, given the various measures that we have to put in place. So although we've benefited enormously from people's generosity uh, throughout the year, we really need to keep that stream of generosity flowing. So do please consider giving what you can. You can do that by following the link that's attached to this video or beneath in our YouTube channel or visiting our website and making a one-off donation or taking out a monthly standing order. Thank you.